Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really, we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com slash events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already. One of the biggest selling points of living in Las Vegas is that we're a 24-hour city, or at least we used to be. A lot of longtime locals have stories about running to the supermarket at 3 a.m. for a pint of ice cream or a hazy taxi ride home from a bar on the wrong side of sunrise. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I assess the state of our three-shift city with Culture Maven and contributor Brent Holmes. So where can you still find vibrancy in the middle of the night? And is Las Vegas's round-the-clock sensibility making a comeback? Or did the pandemic change our vibe forever? It's Monday, December 4th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Brent Holmes, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here, man. (laughs) Always a fun time. We share our laughs and our stories, and we're going to do that today. So let's just ask, is a 24-hour city better than a 9-to-5 city, and why? Yeah, a 24-hour city is obviously better than a 9-to-5 city. The worst thing that ever happens to me when I leave town is I go somewhere, uh, you know, big metropolis, somewhere you know, relatively lively, like Houston, Texas, and it's 10 o'clock at night and all the stores are closed on a Tuesday. And I go, what is this place? Why am I here? How did this happen to me? Yeah. The, I, I, I find it incredibly dreadful to go on vacation and not have access to the things I need in the middle of the night. Sort of an inverse culture shock whenever us Vegas people go somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I pity them. Uh, honestly, I, I can't imagine my schedule being around. Well, everything closes at 10 and I will no longer be able to have access to whatever odd nefarious itch I have in the middle of the evening. You know, that said, I think a lot of that has changed even here. We do ride that edge of all Vegas all the time, a little close to the sun. I, I wonder, <laughs> though, isn't it like healthier to have a last call in the mix in Las Vegas? <laughs> uh, I'm sure last call is one of those rare things that probably is a healthy thing for a culture in general. But the entire 24-hour city thing is actually really great economically. It's a really good indicator that you've got a pretty interesting place and a robust place to live, right? Huh, Yeah. Brent, we've we've got stories. We've done 24 hours in Las Vegas. What are some of your favorite memories of that sort of all-the-time access? I mean, 
you know, top of the list has to be grocery stores. And and I mean a lot of grocery stores, not just a few. 20 years ago or so, you could go out. I, I remember vividly going out and and just like being like, you know what I need? I need some Captain Crunch. It's three sure. in the morning. I get that. I'm going to go get me some Captain Crunch. I'm going to pour me a bowl of cereal. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to watch some bad episodes of Cops. I'm going to make a painting. Okay, good good call. And you just do. You just did it. You got in your car. You drove down to Smith's or Albertson's. And or there was the aisle. Or, or Vons. Lucky's or if you're really old school. Or Alpha oh, Beta. Whoa. I'm not that old school. I'm not Fair. old school enough for Lucky's. Or Vons, yeah. And, and you just grabbed what you needed. I have a theory, David, and, and you might not like this theory, but I believe that the winnowing of our 24-hour windows for certain conveniences also goes with the winnowing of public smoking, right? Do you oh. remember when you could walk into a Vons or a Smith's and there'd be the, the, they still have the slot machines now, but they'd be the slot machine players and they'd be there at three in the morning smoking a pack of Marlboro Reds, spending all their hard-earned cash on whatever they wanted, and you just go in, waft a cigarette smoke, straight through and yeah. into the cereal aisle. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. I mean, supermarkets a great example of it. I, I there was a time in Las Vegas, very late stage compared to other places where you could still see that Marlboro red dripping from someone's lip uh while they're squeezing the melons or looking at some apples, you know, and a little ash would come here and there. That was not I mean, that's not an apocryphal thing. That was my own eyes seeing that all the time. <laughs> Let's be real. I, you know, actually, one of my favorite 24 hour examples of Las Vegas in, you know, not terribly distant past was I, I remember once I, I had my own equivalent of Captain Crunch at three in the morning and was probably coming home from a late night of whatever I was up to. And I remember walking in to, I believe it was a Vons. It was certainly whatever the, sh the, the supermarket was over on Desert Inn and Eastern, and it was easily three in the morning. And outside was a table set up with a Girl Scout and her mom selling cookies. And I, I went in and I came out and there was a small line at 3 a.m., right? And it was all uh, gentlemen of a certain style. Uh, and let's just say they all reeked of being gamblers and they were all literally handing this girl hundred dollar bills and saying, give her, give me how many boxes you want, kid. And then I got up because I'm going to get my thin mint. Right. And so <laughs> I talked to the mom. I'm like, do you make a lot of money here? She's like, year <laughs> after year, we make the most money of everyone in the Girl Scout troop. And I'm like, I get it. Welcome to Las Vegas. So that's that's my 24 hour supermarket story. I love this city so much sometimes. Yeah, that, that level. I, I fear that level of degeneracy may be gone from our city and the support system for degeneracy. Gambling addicts need Thin mints too, guys. We're 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 all uh we're all into our own things, but Girl Scout cookies are semi universal. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we've got our graveyard shift, and it's not so much an anomaly here as it is. I'm going to call it a legit third leg in the stool that we know as Las Vegas. Uh, you know, in other places, if somebody works graveyard, that's like, oh, sucks to be you, sorry, and not too many people have that. But here, it's literally you know, like a third of our workforce. 
I mean, when most people start out in the gaming industry, like my dad was a dealer for years and years. He had to do some graveyard shifts, which was, you know, always like, can't even imagine like, you know, being the the clerk at the Dotties at 4 a.m., you know, and what that entails. But in addition to those bouncers, all the bartenders, especially when they're starting out their shifts, um, you know, would, would have to work grave. And it wasn't like big, scary time. I don't remember back in the day when you had to buzz in, even for graveyard. Uh, you know, it was just people would come and go all hours of the night. It was always this sort of vibrancy. Uh, I guess it does beg the question, though, how much of a 24-hour city are we anymore, Brent? I don't think we really are. We're not nearly as much. Like I said, you can't go to the grocery store at 4 a.m., and that's that's the first indicator. But I don't even really see the strip being 24 hours like it used to be. There's not the you know weird lounge act at 2 in the morning for God knows what reason. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. You would show up in a casino and there'd be somebody just giving 110% at, you know, 422. <laughs> just killing it, right? And like to a crowd of people that that whose brains had easily been mulled over by gin and whatever other substances that they had at the time. But but they were still really like, this is my break. I'm playing Vegas. And they yeah. were really playing it. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't talk about your dad a lot, but he's an entertainer and he that had to be his scene back in those days, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, my, my father had a not waking up until noon policy when we were kids. Uh, you know, as we, we the whole house was quiet until about 11 a.m. And then around 1130, we could start actually making noise and being kids again. He He would he would be out until two or four in the morning because, sure. you know, no doubt just stepping in with the band and, you know, doing yeah. a song or two, even if it wasn't his own gig. Right. Yeah. And that, and that was the thing there was at, at that point, like this culture of the entertainers would get off shift at, you know, nine o'clock at night and that they would just go the rest of the evening, pop from gig to gig to gig, lounge to lounge, yeah. event to event and, you know, hang out, play, drink, have a great time. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Brent, when did it change? When when did our 24-hour super status just fade away? I think I first noticed it probably towards the end of the aughts when we lost, you know, Walmarts um, being 24 hours and, and certain big box stores that would stay open all night. Hmm. Uh, they stopped catering. It became financially less interesting. And by I'd say by around 2018, it had really, really 
trickled from a, a, a river to a stream. And by the time the pandemic rolled around, I think sure. we really just got knocked off our block. I, yeah. I think that was when they were like, why are we doing this at four in the morning? Nobody's here. I mean, they're all they're all economic causations at the end of the day. This is all decisions made by people that that are trying to save a buck here or there so they can reallocate it to whatever CEO wants it. Um, hmm. I don't know. It seemed funner. It seemed crazier. And it, it really there was a spirit to the city. I feel like that, that just, you know, if you, if it was 2 a.m. and you were in your car and you didn't want to go home, you didn't have to go home. And you didn't have to pile into a bar either. There were options. There were, yeah. you know, oddities. I mean, if I had a dollar for every poem that I wrote, but, you know, thankfully never published about that sunrise, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and how it kind of followed me till I, you know, sort of collapsed in bed. That's not like other places. Although, no. you know, there are other places have also kind of leaned into it. And one thing that, you know, I was I was kind of looking around and say, who are the other 24-hour towns? And I, I discovered that some places have nighttime mares. Uh, they call them nightmares, M-A-Y-O-R-S, or night czars. Places like Amsterdam, New York City, Boston, et cetera. And we never really super leaned into it. And is it too late? Dear Las Vegas. I mean, dear, dear Las, Las Vegas. Vegas I'm Dear Las Vegas, I'm declaring my candidacy candidacy for nightmare as of now. All right, I see, you in the, see you in I the primary nightmare. Hey, all right, David, you want to go toe to toe on nightmarishness? Um, and the best part is, it's a nightmare. You, you, um, I, I will gladly run against you. I believe that uh, you know we'd make better running mates than we would opponents, David. But that's fine. Well, um, you know, to be honest, um, because of family matters, in other words, my significant other saying, uh, no, we go to bed at 10 p.m., uh, I am withdrawing my candidacy. So it's all you, my man. I win. There you uh, go. <laughs> and, and that actually, because, you know, it's not just like a ceremonial nightmare. Uh, sometimes it's actually part of city governance, you know, and so they deal with all the things that the city should be dealing with in the middle of the night, which I think should also include much more road construction at nighttime <laughs> instead of the daytime, because as much as we, you know, have people out on the roads and stuff, it's far less. And also no, it, it's better for the workers because they don't have the sun beating down on them in the summer. Oh, how have we lost all these opportunities? I completely agree, David. I believe that all road construction should take place at peak late night hours. Um, I think in general, it'd be interesting to see what the priorities of our city are, you know, after dark. For, for the graveyard people. For the graveyard people, because I think they have different priorities and different needs, but there's their basics. I believe, you know, some solid night medical facilities would be good. And I'm not talking about quick cares. I'm talking, yeah. I want to be able to go to a doctor's appointment at four in the morning. And I don't see why that's not happening for me. Yeah. All right. Look at you. I, I think you're pulling that platform together really nicely. We would, however, be remiss to suggest that there isn't still some vibrant 24-hourness um, in town. So where, where can you still go that's truly 24 hours? Uh, truly 24 hours. Well, I think the newest addition to that scene is the dispensaries. You can definitely buy cannabis 24 hours a day, which is kind of a fun thing. There aren't that many 24-hour dispensaries, but there are several around town that you can do that. And that's that's a new thing. Um, we, we still got the old standards, David. I mean, you know, the 
the village pub has a great steak and egg breakfast 24 hours a day and the bars open all night and that's a chain all over the city so which really does make up for a lot of the old reliable casino coffee shops uh, not being open all the time when el cortez stopped doing 24 hours week round a a little part of me died Uh, sometimes you need prime rib at 247 a.m yeah yeah, 247 is exactly when I need Pride and Rib 90% of the time. It's when my decision-making faculties and my uh, concerns for my own health have completely fallen away and all I want to do is indulge my cravings. This is the importance of keeping things open all night. Um, all the same horrible dive bars are still open 24 hours, man. You can still hit the double down anytime, day or night. You can still make it over to Dino's, which is a classic, or the dispensary, not for weed, the actual dispensary lounge, over on on Trop and Eastern, if you like that late 70s vibe. But of course, if you're a true vegan, the Huntridge Tavern is there for you with open arms to make your clothes smell like cigarettes and desperation at four, five, six in the morning. A very different spin on there for you, but yes, 100. <laughs> and I, I did mention those Dotties. Oh my God. To me, there's a short story collection that some writer has yet to tell just going to a Dottie's at any hour of the night and just reporting, if you will, creatively. You know, maybe I've just maybe I've just found my next part-time job, David. Maybe that's that's the novel that I need to publish is just the adventures of Brent Holmes working at Dottie's at four in the morning. There's also the desert. I just want to give a big nod to the desert. It's 24 hours. It's not like getting lost in the yeah, woods. It doesn't close out there. Clear does it? sight lines. You can drive to the edge of the city anytime you want. And there is something that's a place to see sunrise. That, that, it it sure. is. And, and and I don't know. I don't know how many of you guys listening, David, I know you've had more than enough long nights where it, where the, the end of that night is you sitting on a on a on a hill edge looking over the city going, man, what am I doing with my life? Uh, choices were made. <laughs> yeah, choices were made. Um, and then, of course, um, the Peppermill Lounge. The Peppermill is still open twenty four seven. Brent, the Peppermill is there for you. You can get your you can get your your diner food. You can have a cocktail. You can do whatever you want in those comfy, cushy booths. It's it's still the real deal, real Vegas stuff. You know, now my producer's in my ear telling me, uh, yes, Peppermill twenty four hours, but only on the weekends, which is kind of a thing now too. That some places do the extended or even the 24 hour, but weekend only. It's a very different that's thing. Not, that's not what we're looking for, guys. Peppermill, get it together. We love you. We love you, Peppermill. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually encouraged, um, and we talk about it on the pod a couple of times. It's come up in conversation just because it's so shiny and new and wonderful, is the new diner, Winnie and Ethel's, uh, which is next to the Huntridge Tavern, is shooting for 24-7. So we'll see if they actually make it. Winnie and Ethel. They just opened it up. It just opened up? Okay, yeah. I'm going to have to go get a bite. That sounds amazing. I, I will. Yeah, that's your biscuit gravy uh, chicken fried steak outlet. It It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. All right. Okay. That sounds like what I'm looking for in this town. You know, that's the big thing. There's that that cultural, ideological underpinning of this is a city of indulgence, not just a city of indulgence, but the city of indulgence. And, you know, keeping Las Vegas 24 hours, making sure there's something for everybody to do all day and all night is a super important aspect of not just our brand, but I think our actual cultural identity. And and I always have cherished that about us. You know, there, there's some great things in cities all over the world, but 
you know, even drive to drive to L.A. And, you know, everything's done at two in the morning, pretty much. It, it, there's very yeah. little going on. They roll up the streets. Yeah. They roll up the streets. And here, you know, no, no such uh, no such thing. Do you think we'll ever become a 24 hour city again? I don't know. I hope so, David. I, I hope we're not headed the way of, you know, Albuquerque. I I would really like to see this city vibrant and strange at all hours. I, I, I think I think it's one of the most important things about what we are culturally, who we are. It's it's a branding thing, yes, but the reality is there is a cultural identity in there that that this is a city that doesn't not just never sleep but never quits. There's no time off. We're always got something new for you and something interesting and it has a superb effect on the locals that there are people living their entire lives at night here. And it's really beautiful that way. Brent Holmes, always a pleasure. Always fun. Thanks for joining us here on CityCast Las Vegas. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, send this episode to a friend who misses that 24-hour Las Vegas vibe. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. Brent is no longer the 24-hour service that he once was in his 20s and 30s. So so we're not going to see you with one of your kids uh, in in their Boy Scout or Girl Scout outfit selling stuff outside a cannabis lounge at 4 in the morning? Know, it sounds like a good way to make money, Dave. You never know.